nerds, you're listening to an episode on the Nerdcore podcast feed. If you're feeling generous, please consider pledging to a tier on our Patreon at patreon.com slash thenerdcore. We have tiers as low as $1 per month. Thanks so much, and enjoy the episode! Welcome back, everybody, to the Nerdcore Podcast, a podcast where we use to talk sad nerd shit. This is episode 544, and it is your review of Fallen Angels. As always, this is Nerd Chicano here to host the show, along with my wonderful co-host, Young Yoda. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful early Sunday pre-recording of this to all our Patreons. You get this early today. Tomorrow, Literally. everybody else gets it. Yeah. Yep. And speaking of fallen angels, Raul, you're my fallen angel. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, we're re-recording this on a Sunday morning, and I was like, okay. Thought we were going to have more time. Um, no, what's it called? Today's, today's going to be a, bit, a long day for me. What's it called? Uh, but it's going to be fun. Uh, but Brad... How are you today? How, I'm good. How I'm good. You? It's windy if you can't hear. Like, yeah, I can hear it. Yeah. So yeah. We, we've got that going. We got a storm coming in. Anytime winds coming, we got a storm coming in. So, yeah. Brad, you've been up since three, right? Yeah, I've been up since like three forty-five. Um, I couldn't get back to sleep for one reason or another, and uh, yeah, I've I, I already worked out and uh, took the dogs, fed the dogs, so I'm on it today. <laughs> Yeah, I've been up since like eight. But I think but no, I think I went to bed at like eight thirty or nine last night. Like I crashed. Jesus. So. Damn. Yeah. Well, the sound of the wind. The wind. Uh, I I got up at like I mean I went to bed like normal time. I usually go to bed, but it's because last night somebody uh, somebody wanted to watch a a movie with me, so I spent last night watching a movie. Mm-hmm. And um, after we were done with the uh, South Texas Film Critics Association Awards, um. And um, how I was like, all right, cool, let's oh. do it. Oh, speaking speaking of that, before we before you get all into that, why does Rachel want to beat you up? I I don't disagree with them, but um, can can you give some more context on that, at least from your side? Because what's it called? The way that I worked the nominations, uh, there were some that Rachel really wanted to see in there that didn't make it in there, oh. um, because. When somebody who's sitting right next to me virtually submits one movie or one what's it called performance or what's it called uh, and we all have the same one, it only leaves for one pick to go in from Rachel's what's it called uh like it's just it's it was a it was a it was a different way that I worked the nominations kind of like I did the Golden Nerdies, so um I, I feel yeah. like I feel like going into next year when we do this because yeah. this is an annual thing the the two things we're doing here. If we know a movie like like a movie's gonna be related to like Golden Globes, Oscars, all that, we all probably need to fucking watch it if yeah. That's that's yeah. what my mind's telling me. Yeah. It also like I said, we had a we had a soft launch this year, so we didn't have as many members, so it would have helped a lot if like let's say um other members would have had Daniel Craig in there for Glass Onion. Then Daniel Craig would have made it in. 
because there was a repeated nomination. But like when all of us have um, Michelle Yeoh and then what's it called? Um, There's like, I don't know, somebody like Jennifer Lawrence in Causeway is just one singular nomination. But then the other rest of the nominations that, that Rachel sent in, we all have in common. It's like, okay, well, what's it called? Well, the, all those well, are that one falls in. off, of course, because yeah, we all we all agree we all had this to, list that yeah. these should be on there. Yeah, but I mean, it's okay. I understand why they want to be my ass. Uh, they should probably they should probably beat it because it was just it's hard. What's it called? That's why I'm hoping next year we got more members, we have more nominations to go through. And I mean, I mean but it's it's hard to be the boss, the creator of all this stuff and having to make those those hard decisions it just yeah. no nobody likes you <laughs> i would have loved to have put a lot of like what's it called there were some that like i think they were mad about daniel craig that was the one that they were mad at. and like honestly i would have put daniel craig in there too uh but what's it called uh, i mean i'm surprised you didn't because you watch glass onion yeah i really like daniel craig's performance in there but i was like oh it didn't stand out to me the way that like some of these other ones stood out to me yeah and yeah <clears throat> I was hoping at least we would get one category where we maybe had six, but nope, nothing. Nothing. Hmm. Nothing. We all stuck to five for every category except for best film, where it was ten. I mean, I mean, everyone's seeing the same like ten films. It's kind of difficult. Yeah, That's I'd like hard. to say that we we had a pretty diverse uh, set of uh, what's it called the uh, nominees. I think that we had uh, some pretty cool what's it called ones that I don't think people were expecting to see in there. So did, did Prey make it to any of them? Yes, Prey didn't make it. I think Prey has multiple nominations. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> which which you didn't see, well, the Batman wasn't even on the Golden Globes, which I found kind of ridiculous, but um yeah. yeah, I don't know. But the Golden Nerdies definitely has it. Mm-hmm. So. And Prey. Yeah. But of which, course, my which friend... which I'm happy for because Prey yeah. Prey deserves definitely some noms just because it's not what you were expecting when you went in to that movie. Yep. But um, let's go ahead and get this going. And um, so we're going to go ahead and be continuing on with our one car. Why month last week, we started it off with no, last week, two weeks ago, we started off with uh chunking express and we watched uh, ashes of time after that. Now we're going to look at the spiritual sequel to chunking express fallen angels. So without further ado, if you haven't seen Fallen Angels and you care about spoilers, then get out of here. But if you have seen it or you just don't care about spoilers, go ahead and stick around. Either way, how any of that goes, this is your one and only spoiler warning. And it is, in effect, in a five, four, three, two, one <laughs> banner is up. Let's go ahead and read here. <clears throat> Fallen Angels is a 1995 Hong Kong neo noir crime drama film written and directed by Wong Kar Wai. It features two intertwined storylines. One tells the story of a hitman wishing to leave the criminal underworld, played by Leon Lei, the prostitute he starts a relationship with, Karamot and his agent who is infatuated with him, Michelle Rise. Michelle Rees, yeah. Um, the other story is of a mute ex-convict on the run from the police, Takeshi Kaneshiro, 
and a mentally unstable woman dumped by her boyfriend, Charlie Young. Uh, set in 1995 pre-handover Hong Kong, Fallen Angels explores the character's loneliness, their alienation from the situations around them, and yearning for connections in a hectic city. Wong initially wrote Fallen Angels as the third story of its predecessor, Chungking Express, but split them into two separate movies due to their cumulative length. Similar to Chungking Express, Fallen Angels features a fragmented narrative that emphasizes mood and atmosphere over structure, uh, whereas its predecessor incorporates bright daytime colors. Fallen Angels consists of scenes exclusively shot at night and using darker colors against uh, alongside bright neons. Wong considered the two movies to be complementary uh, counterparts exploring contemporary Hong Kong. They have three times fast. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, cinematographer Christopher Doyle extensively used wide-angle lenses to distort the characters' faces on the screen, conveying their isolation from the surrounding world. Doyle also cura- uh, creates distorted tension in scenes of extreme violence with frantic, out-of-focus visuals. The soundtrack extensively uses trip-hop and pop songs to convey mood and maintain an urban environment that plays with popular culture. Fallen Angels was released in September 1995. Upon release, film critics commented that his that its styles resembled those deployed in, deplo- deployed in Junking Express. Many lamented that Wang became self-indulgent, though as it's those uh, ah. Though as time went on, critics began to be more appreciative of the film. At the 15th Hong Kong Film Awards in 1996, it won three awards, Best Supporting Actress for Mock, <clears throat> Best Cinematography for Doyle, and Best Original Score for Roel, uh, Roel A. Garcia and Frankie Chan. Respectively, critics commented that Fallen a- Though Fallen Angels was not as groundbreaking as its predecessor, it remained one of, uh, one of Wong's most captivating films cementing his trademark styles. The film's abstract, non-conventional style, uh, the context in which it was made, and its use of pastiche and intertextuality. What's pastiche? Pastiche is a work of visual art, literature, theater, music, or architecture that imitates the style or character of the work of one or more other artists. Oh, okay. So it, it, it takes from Chung King Express is basically what they're saying. Yeah. In similar style. With regards to both popular culture and its predecessor, Chungking Express, have led to the movie being described as a postmodern film and as suggesting a postmodern reading. The film has since its release encompassed a large cult following and is also the last film Wang fully shot in his native Hong Kong before embarking on more ambitious international productions. I thought he shot in the movie for love in, in Hong Kong. Wow. Oh, fully shot in Hong Kong. Yeah. <coughs> All right, Brad. Um, we have some more here. Uh, sorry, but um, the literal translation is "fallen angels." So let's oh, there, you there you go. So we we didn't butcher it. No. <laughs> There's some titles you're like, this is that is not the title. <laughs> oh, this one literally. What's it called? Uh, uh translates to "fallen angels." Um, so it sits at an hour and thirty six minutes. And it made 7.5 million Hong Kong dollars. And then it made 0.2 million. What the fuck? Usually they give it in hundred thousands. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, 0.2 US US dollars. That doesn't make sense. But 
Nevertheless, uh, Brad, I will go with you first uh, since I went uh, first on the last one. Brad, what are your thoughts? What are your initial thoughts on Fallen Angels? Uh, I got to say, I think this is basically what I wanted Chunking Express to be. It's that first part, but it's throughout the whole movie. And he does he does his typical style of splitting the story up. But the stories all interact together. They make sense. They're, they're the same characters. It's just not two random characters he threw in at the end. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed this far more than Chunking Express. I could follow the story better. Also, I love the aesthetic of this film. This is a noir. Um, it, it's a love story, too, in a way, but it's definitely noir. And, uh, yeah, I love the dark, gritty. I, I mean, the, the camera he shoots on, that, that's what I want. That's what I love about this. Uh, the action sequences, the fucking violence in this is just like, yeah, this is gritty. This is grimy. This is Tarantino-esque. I can see why Tarantino fell in love with this dude. I'm like, yes, this is this is everything I want in a noir. It's got it's got the fucking lazy ass hitman who sends in his his helper to go check out the place, and then he goes in blasting. Then you got the the comedy story of a dude who <laughs> basically goes to closed closed stalls vendors at night and then sells like all the shit and literally he kidnaps a dude to his family in an ice cream truck like <laughs> fucking exceptional i loved it i love this <laughs> i i love i love that i love that story like i really like the first story like i the first story is like my favorite of the movie but i love those bits and pieces where he's like you know making everybody ice cream and like what's it called feet and then feeding that one and, like, and not just that like the whole the whole butcher scene he's he's on the pig like giving the pig a massage yeah. and then he that one same dude he's like he's like like he's to be in a barber he wants to shave his like beard even the dude doesn't want it to shave his yeah. beard it's just like this is it's fucking ridiculous but it's amazing it's it's funny it's hilarious to me yeah um, I love this movie. It is one of my favorites from uh, Wong Kar Wai. I think that it is the one that expresses his style the best. Um, his colors, his um, his way of filming here, even like the editing is like really 100% Wong Kar Wai style. And especially the way that he approaches the narrative is really like, really what's it called? Uh, his his own too. And I, I love, I, I fell in love a lot with this movie because of like the way it mixes the love story and the noir aspect. Because once again, if you, like I said, if you know his career, you know that at the time when he started, like the things that were super famous in Hong Kong were crime thrillers. And he basically, if he wanted to make money off, off this, he had to create, he had to make crime thrillers. But what he did was he approached it through a different lens and he creates movies like Fallen Angels where I, I think that this movie is just a really big conversation on like maybe maybe sometimes what's it called uh we definitely are not right for each other no. and we are like um we expect people to live up to our fantasy that we create in our heads and it's and like they just don't yeah they don't like you're you're like the girl the the girl the the hit woman i guess she's the the boss yeah what's it called uh She's like, obviously, she's in love with her hitman, and but he don't he, he don't feel any doesn't feel any of that. No, he. I mean, he's, he's total hitman. <laughs> he's yeah. he's going around fucking other girls. So, yeah. um, but she's but I love I love the throwbacks that he does to Chunking Express. 
mm-hmm. he, he does the same thing. Like the woman, I, I don't know if she's breaking into this one. It's just his keys right there. So yeah, kind of like fucking idiot. But I love the throwback because it's very similar to the second t- story in Chunking Express, but it features the hit woman. And she, you know, she's doing, she's basically doing the same thing. She's cleaning his shit and then taking his trash home and then like laying in his bed and, uh, you know, flipping, flicking the bean there for a while. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I do love, because he he takes some stylistic points from Chunking Express. You know how they had the apartment, and then you had the walkway for for the yeah. airport right there. Same thing. He had the apartment, and then he had the highway, and he shoots it where you can see inside the building, and then you see the the highway. And it's just like with with the neon and all. That. I'm like, this is visually very stunning. This is great. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. I also love the 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 what's it called um. The callback where apparently what's it called? The guy's mute because he ate a bunch of uh, expired of pineapple. <laughs> yeah, I caught that too. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, he's, he's just he's just picking pieces here. Like, and I'm like, how do you become mute from eating expired pineapple? <laughs> but who knows? Maybe his tonsils swelled up or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> it's just Wong's way of like calling back to, to Chunky yeah. Express and um. I also, what's it called, um, Blondie, uh, who I think that is supposed to be the woman that the second story's uh, lady, her husband, ended up, like, going with. And um, it's, that, that one's, like, a while, like, what's it called? She, she that actress, like, really plays that character a little too well, where I'm like, hey, are you actually, like, kind of cuckoo in the head or something? Yeah, I thought she was going to jump out that window. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Cause, yeah. cause she's leaning like there's a window there, but at the same time there's not a window there, and I'm like, uh, she's gonna jump out of that like that's gonna go straight down into the street. <laughs> yeah. But like, but definitely, definitely that um, that that second story in Chunking Express, she had that same kind of female energy with oh, that yeah. role. So it, it was, yeah. I mean, it was kind of nice to see these little throwbacks he's doing because I did like Chunking Express. I just didn't like how he had just two totally separate stories almost. Yeah. In this, he has three separate stories, but they all have the same characters mixed in within. And so I, I quite enjoyed this more because it stays the noir and you stay with the characters. And it's not as confusing as on the first watch with Chunking Express. Yeah. Part of me wonders, like, how this movie would have played if he kept the second, st- this first story in uh, in Chunking Express and moved the second story of Chunking Express to what's it called, uh, Fallen Angels, and kind of kept it, like, to the tone of, like, the love stories, but I don't know. Um, I also, I'm glad that he kind of made this a separate film, because having this this first story in Chunking Express would have made the movie feel really convoluted, and, like, I think that I would have been like, yeah, I'm, like... It's, I'm it's a lot. It's a lot to put into one film, so yeah. I'm glad he split it up, too, and he just went kind of total noir with this. Yeah. With with a little bit of a love story mixed in, but man, them fucking them gun scenes, the the plus just, the music just, that he uses, like oh yeah, it, it just adds everything to it. And I I love like the whole scene of her walking through the buildings first, and then making a map, and like it and like it's literally her just drawing with like a sharpie, <laughs> and like putting big X's like all these, yep. <laughs> and then he just comes in blasting, and I'm just like, God damn. Like, like that, you know. And I'm, I'm a big like. I like the old mob movies. I like those Scorsese mob movies. I, I like, I like the Tarantino, you know, Reservoir Dogs and shit. So when he comes in blasting, it's just like my heart's happy. Like I'm like, 
yeah, yeah um, I, like we come from a violent culture and this this is up there with like what you want to see in a noir movie that is also pretty much a yeah. gangster film it's also just interesting the way that kind of like Wong approaches that, like when he shoots him and like the way that the blood kind of like splatters across the lens. Yeah, and, and it's just the, the the film technique is very chaotic, which it's it's good. It's good for that scene because that's exactly what that scene is. And then he just walks off and gets on a bus. And I'm just yeah. like, this man went in, killed like eight people and just walked out and got on a bus. And then he meets oh, his great. what's he called old childhood like, friend childhood who's trying to sell him insurance and then invites him to his wedding. And I'm just like, all right, that's hilarious. And he like shows him a picture of like a random black woman and her, and yeah. her family. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm married. Like, yeah, I'm married and this is my kid. And he's like, that's not my kid. I just paid this woman to take pictures with me. Uh, I also got to say the second story, like, I, I love it. I, I really, I, what's it called? I, I gravitate a lot to, like, the story about, you know, the guy and his dad. That 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 part always, I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Especially when he's, like, recording him, like, and then just, like, you free, like, it cuts and, what's it called? It, like, progresses. And it's like, and then my dad died and, like. Yeah, and then and he he's plays... watching the film, film of him. Yeah. Plus the song that fucking Wong uses and they're just like, oh, man. I did how, like how he locked him in the bathroom. That was kind of that funny. was funny. Yeah, that was kind of funny though. <laughs> He's such a little asshole, bro. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. He's such an asshole. It's like, but he. But I. I but also, I love the the um, progression of him basically just, you know, being a being kind of a piece of shit, just going to other stalls and opening them, to having his own business. It's just like, okay, yeah. sure, you just took the next step. Yeah, and um, I what's it called? Obviously, like. The ending is also probably one of my favorites. Just the way that he, uh, that the shot of them going through the what's it called tunnel, and then just the 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 what's it called camera in that POV shot, and then it just like goes up, and it's like, it's ah, I, I I love that ending. I love that ending a lot. Um, it's probably one of his most famous uh, shots in his filmography. Everybody's always trying to recreate that. Everyone's always trying to like recreate it with photography as well. But mm -hmm. the special part about this movie is that what's it called? Uh, that shot wouldn't work if you didn't have the music that's playing in there. And if the camera wasn't tracking them and it's just, Oh, what a great, what a great ending shot. I mean, um, I mean this overall movie, I, I love this overall movie. Just the, just I, going into, it, I was saying the aesthetics of this from the start are just great. I just love the way this is shot and the way it looks. Yeah. Same here. Um, I definitely don't like this as much as uh, as Chunking Express, but that's because Chunking Express is a little bit special to me. That was the first one I watched from. Also, uh, you're Run. kind of a romantic, so you you probably like that second story more than I did. Yeah, yeah, you know, but it's it's still a damn good movie, and um, what's it called? It's in my top five of his work. So that's that's what's it called? A, not a bad place for it to be, and it's at number four. I have it right below Chunking Express and above uh, Fallen Angels. You would think the romantic that I am, I'd have fallen. Hey, this angels is fallen angels. Uh, happy together above it, but no, it's pretty damn good. But the other two that are above are what was, and I can't wait for you to watch next week. In the Mood for Love is supposedly his best movie, and it is my favorite from him. And yeah, just it's another one with Tony Lung, Tony Lung in it. This one did not have Tony Lung. Um, I was uh, I was like, okay, but. Takeshi Kaneshiro, bro. Takeshi Kaneshiro is great. And he's in other movies with, with Wong Kar Wai. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was in what's it called? Uh, in Chunking Express. But um, he's, Does, he's does Wong Kar Wai generally use the same actors throughout his film? 
yeah. Does he kind of pull a Tarantino in that in that way? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's always working with uh, Kaneshiro, uh, Leslie Chung, Tony Lung, Maggie Chung, and um, what's his name? Um, fuck. What's his name? He was homeboy in what's it called? Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Fei Wong, yeah, Fei Wong as well. Um, there's another one. There's another dude. There's another dude. He was in Happy Together. Uh, Cheng Chen, Cheng Chen, Cheng Chen. He's always working with Cheng Chen as well. Um, but yeah, he's he he's got his regulars right, and he knows who he wants to work with, and um. He isn't like a stranger to working with new people, though. Like, I think his TV series that he's working on right now is like he's got a new person in there. Obviously, he couldn't get Tony Long for that because he was working on uh, he was working on what's it called uh, on Shang Chi at the time that they were mm-hmm. filming that. But um, yeah, man, Brad, what are you gonna go ahead and and what is your final verdict on um on Fallen Angels? Uh, I think our opinions differ a little bit on Chung King Express. I think I I much more enjoyed this film. Chunking Express. Um, this is a noir. I absolutely love this noir. Um, it's up there kind of with uh Kurosawa's noirs for me. Like just fucking good. Just fucking good. Like I could rewatch this again, like today. And um, for that, it's a 10 out of 10. Yep. Same here. This is a 10 out of 10 to me. I just much prefer Chunking Express. I, I, I'd rather rewatch Chunking Express, but this is a 10 out of 10. It has perfect uh, visual style, and the way that Wong approaches the narrative is better. And what's called, it's just really good. And I, what's called, I just love this movie. I rewatch this movie, and I'm just like, hey, like, this is kind of why I want to make movies. I'm like, because I want to make them look this fucking cool, yeah. this gritty, this fucking sexy. And I, I mean, it, it's got an artistic flair to it, but it, it, the story doesn't doesn't end up hurting because of it. Yeah, yeah. We've seen a lot of them where they were like they put the the the, the style over the substance, and it's like yeah. And, you know. and sometimes you're like, God damn it, stop smelling your own smug. <laughs> That's not in this. This is a very cohesive story along with a great visual style. Yeah, that's right. Um, with that said, that has been our review of Fallen Angels, and we want to thank everybody for uh, tuning into this review. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you leave a like on this video. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel and turn on that notification bell so you don't miss a single piece of content that comes to the to the um, to the channel. Also, if you're listening to this on a podcast app that allows you to drop a review, please drop a five star review. It would help us out a lot, making sure that we can go ahead and apply for um, for tomato meter approval and stuff like that. So it would help us out a lot. Please do that. And of course, if you're not following us on our social medias, our Twitter is the Nerdcore underscore. Our Instagram is the Nerdcore. Our website is the Nerdcore.com. And of course, if you want to get access to videos like this one a day early before anybody else gets to watch them, go to patreon.com slash Nerdcore and join the $1 tier. Plus, in our description, you can find our Discord. Join our Discord and hang out with us and make sure that you, what's it called, come and talk about movies with us. It's a lot of fun in there. So come and join us. Uh, but without further ado, Brad, we want to thank our Patreon supporters because without them, it's not possible. So thank you to our legacy producer, Shane. We're going to find him. You can follow our friend Shane at twitch.tv slash XSRK. 
or on Twitter at thriftedil, or go buy something from the Suppy God at Prison City Vintage in Illinois. Damn straight. And we want to thank Kylie. Hi, Kylie. Kylie PLI on Twitter, Kylie Sports 90 on Instagram. We need to do Go Turtles, Go Turtles, Go. Go, Go Turtles. Park Run? Park Run. Yeah, Park we got to do that soon. Um, hopefully this week or not, maybe the, the following. We got time, though. But, um, yeah, without further ado, it's been a lot of fun, y'all. Um, we will be back on um, on Thursday to talk about uh, another film with you all. I believe we are going to be doing Holy Spider. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Brad, we are going to watch Denmark's uh, entry into the Best International Feature Film category. Plus, Holy Spider is nominated for Best International Film for the uh, South Texas uh, Film Critics Association. So now you're going to be able to freaking, what's it called? Uh, Decide uh, on it. To vote. So, okay. Yeah. I am excited to see what we do with that. And uh, hopefully, what's it called? Um, I, we can record that a little earlier since I will be uh, going to a wedding this week. So uh, without further ado, it's been a lot of fun. And of course, see you all on Thursday. Brad, send them out. All right, Roland. Thank you for being the host as always. Thank you to all our, I guess, uh, those who join us in chat. This is a pre-recording, so we're not going to be able to see it. But thank you, guys. Thank you to all the listeners out there, all our patrons, supporters. We appreciate each and every one of you. And to end this episode, um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, don't eat expired don't- pineapples. Don't befriend crazy girls. And definitely um, don't bring your family to the, the crazy ice cream truck truck driver. That's that's a good one. <laughs> Although the yeah. family looked very happy, the guy did it. <laughs> and if you're not if, if they're not assholes, appreciate your fathers for as long as they're here. And with that, young Yoda out. Look at that nicely um, updated page.